Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. I would love if you would help us spread the word by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also welcoming Peru, South Korea, and Vietnam to the list of the 40 plus countries listening from around the world. Welcome. Well, hey guys, I can't wait for you to meet my guest today, Jonathan Hensley. He is the co-founder and CEO of Emerge, a digital product consulting firm that works with companies to improve operational agility and customer experience. For more than two decades, Jonathan has helped startups, Fortune 100 brands, and technology leaders transform their business by turning strategies into valuable digital products and services. And he just released his new book, which we're going to talk about today, Overcome Internal Sabotage and Digital Product Failure. Wow, I can't wait to talk about this. Welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. Well, I love the title of your book. As a product person by trade myself, I was so intrigued when I just read the title alone. Can you tell our listeners, why did you decide to write a book like this? And let me just say, I can already say we need it, and I haven't even delved into the depths of it. (laughs) Sure. Well, you know, it was interesting. I came across a statistic many years ago that 84% of digital transformations fail or underperform. And curiosity got me. And I wanted to understand why does so many transformations and digital product efforts fail? It just seemed like a staggering amount to me. And so what I wanted to do is really understand the root causes of failure. And so I began a multi-year journey and becoming immersed in what creates failure within organizations and products and what are the impacts on peoples in those organizations. And that eventually led me to realizing there's a much, much bigger story that needs to be told, not just an understanding of failure, but really what are the characteristics for those individuals and organizations that are beating the odds again and again and again in overcoming and succeeding. And so that's what became the foundation for the book and really understanding what are those leadership characteristics, what are those traits, and what are the things that they're doing differently that are really driving that success and overcoming those odds. Okay. So immediately, the first thing I heard you say is root causes of failure. What were some of those? What were some of the things you found or just at the root of why so many, that 80% number, why so many things fail? Well, it was really interesting. I mean, if you boiled it all down and go deeper, but I think you find that a lot of time, the conversation around failure comes around not understanding your customer. And that's totally accurate. It is definitely a real driver. And it's talked about in the terms of lack of market fit, the wrong time, the wrong opportunity space. But what I found is behind that, there are you know, many, many organizations that had every advantage and possibility to succeed and every and great ideas for great products with great people. And what was happening is there is fundamentally a lack of clarity and focus in the organization to deliver on that product and bring that promise to customers forward into the market. And you see that come into play is and manifest itself in ways of managing expectations, not knowing how to handle the organizational complexity or scale that you might be working in, dealing with siloed knowledge 
and oftentimes skipping critical steps. And so these are just a few of the root causes that you can identify that are actually creating the environment that is sabotaging these organizations and teams from finding success. So, you know, you said a lot there, (laughs) Uh, a lot. And to me, some of the things that you're saying around lack of focus, around the complexity, around uh, some of these areas, to me, they lean into a poor construct of leadership either not having the right roles represented in the organization or not having the right people that have a seat at the table or having people at the table that don't have the disciplines in the areas that you need them to have in order to take you from here to there. Like I just, I hear a lot swirling in there that really to me equates back to what is our leadership mix and do we have the right people at the table to get us to where we ultimately need to go? Well, I think leadership is absolutely spot on. I mean, at the end of the day, leadership is accountable to the success and failures of the organization. And so there's, you know, it's if the team doesn't have, you know, the resources or information that they need and they haven't been empowered to go and, you know, do the discovery work, really understand the scope of the problem. And they're just being asked to implement something then leaders are 100% have to be accountable to the outcomes that take place. And so I think a lot of times what you see in leadership now is this, well, I'll delegate it. That's my job as a leader. And it's like, well, that has actually very little to do with the role of leadership. That's basics of management, delegation and resource allocation. Leadership is about understanding what you need to focus on, why you need to do it, and how it fits into your strategic picture and really then making sure that it solves the right problem at the right time in the right way. And so leaders have a very different set of responsibilities than they're often bringing to the table. And I think one of the biggest ones that is common is you see this issue of there's no shared understanding. Mm. And so let me unpack that a little bit because this is a pretty important issue is that you have a situation where a leader comes in and they give their big aspirational speech of, or like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to create this. And this is how, you know, we're going to change the world. That works great if they actually know what the future of the world should look like, (laughs) because you have to give teams a shared understanding. Where are we going? If we succeed, where are we going together? And so oftentimes these kind of aspirational things that leaders are doing or the things they're asking for are unknowingly sabotaging themselves. Another one you see very often is this idea of strategy. You know, strategy is this very misused term, in my opinion. There's, and strategy is often confused for things like goals or planning. And mm, it's, no. it's not any yeah. of those things. Strategy <laughs> is very, very different. It has a completely different need. And it really is how do you remove all of the noise and really understand the scope and depth of the problem that you're going to solve for people. So you have the clarity and focus to be able to bring your specific skills and experiences to solving that problem in a unique and meaningful way. And that connection is so often missing. Wow. That's so powerful. You know, it's funny. I just wrote a article recently about focus and 
you know, when I hear people talk about strategy within organizations, typically they're talking about tactics and execution, Mm -hmm. but they're calling it strategy. And so this idea of shared understanding and this idea of being on the same page, it requires so much alignment for leaders. It requires so much alignment for the organization. And what I find is that most people are not willing to put in the rigor that it takes to go after that alignment. And then on the backside of that alignment, once we have it, it should go from you know the very top of the organization to the frontline employee. And everybody should be able to articulate that strategy, at least at a high level. And it should be published somewhere where people can look at it and say, that's my true north, whether it's for this year or for the next three years, like that's where we're going. And I find most organizations fall here. So strategy never really gets outside of the executive team and it never comes down into the organization to actually saturate. And so oftentimes that creates a division of focuses and you have people, you know, from here to there that are running, but we're actually, I feel like sometimes they're actually busting the ship apart because they're trying to row it in different directions. And this is kind of why, uh, if you can get an organization to row in the same direction, you'll find that they're so much more effective than when you have people moving against each other and kind of operating against each other. Even though it's all really good initiatives, if we're not moving in the same direction, it's not effective. 100%, Natalie. I think, you know, when you have a situation where there isn't alignment, I mean, there's scenarios that we've all experienced many, many times where, you know, it's all of a sudden you're being asked to collaborate with somebody, but they have a different manager when they have different mandates, different goals and incentives that they're trying to hit. And so if you don't have leadership saying how this fits into the bigger picture, then your goals and what you're being asked to do is it automatically in a misalignment because you don't understand how they fit together. So all of a sudden you start to create this automatic silo in between functions in areas of the organization because leadership has not actually done that hard work that you're talking about. That's so good. So top three, maybe when you think about internal sabotage, like specifically, what were the top three reasons why you found sabotage happens just from within? So I would say the number one is this issue of no shared understanding. And then what manifests from that is no shared purpose in the organization. And so without that, you're operating in more of a I mentality versus a we mentality. And that's completely erosive to the concept of problem solving together and bringing great products into the market. And so that was one of the top ones that we saw again and again come forward. Another one was not really understanding the problem you're solving, solving it from a single point of view versus really understanding what's the scope of the problem. For example, if customers are challenged with a problem, you know, it's not just good enough to know what they're doing. It's knowing why they do the things that they do and the motivations behind those. That true empathetic EQ understanding of your customer can completely transform and change the trajectory of your work. And so we would see organizations time and time again, and it happens every day, where they're not really connected to the core of what is driving value with their Mm. customers and in their product. And that is sabotaging the organization from realizing their goals. Wow. The third top one that I would highlight is this issue of managing expectations. Mm. And I think it's a very, very tricky one to manage expectations. Many of these initiatives take months, years, 
to manage those expectations. It's really easy for leaders to fall into this idea of wanting to champion you know, something for a long period of time. And so they become, try to be very optimistic, but optimism can also be taken as a promise and that can be disconnected from realism about the challenges and the level of effort that has to be taken to really bring something to fruition. And so we see these kind of some of the top drivers of misalignment and product failure. Wow. This is so powerful. So talk to me a little bit about how, and I can see the string, and I think that our listeners can probably hear it here too, but connect that then ultimately to digital product failure. So you have all these things that go on inherent in the organization that really connect to and tie to leadership problems, but then that equals digital product failure. So at the product level, the information that leadership is needing to bring forward to really drive that clarity and focus as essential information to unlocking the potential of your teams. So, you know, when we look at alignment from a team perspective around a product, you're looking at bringing different people, different skill sets, designers and engineers and product management and many others all together where they have a seat at the table and they're aligned to a, with a common and shared purpose. And if they do not have that, the right information, then they're not going to be able to effectively bring their best expertise and critical thinking to the process. And so we see that fragment and you see many, many times projects all of a sudden start to spin. There's delays, (laughs) budget overruns, timelines don't get met, et cetera, et cetera. So that essence is you're empowering people with the critical insight that they need. I think second to that is it really changes how you design or how you create the product itself. So it completely transforms delivery. So from a tactical level, the same set of information is really, really important. And I think that that's sometimes not very well understood that how critical that becomes at the execution level, that when you have an engineer, as an example, who is critical to creating that digital product, you're empowering them with the right information to make the best decisions. And they're making hundreds, if not thousands of little decisions as they're working on the product. And so that ability to make smart, accurate decisions that are in alignment with the customer and the business's intentions is absolutely mission critical. And when you remove that shared understanding, you remove the foundation of a good strategy. If you don't have alignment in your team and they spend more energy on dealing with the misalignment than actually on the delivery, you're set up for failure every time. Wow. And I I find that the misalignment <laughs> is so strong sometimes that sometimes you spend so much time on that that you're almost exhausted when it comes time to <laughs> to move and figure out the solution. And so to me, a lot of that m- misalignment goes back to the strategy. And so if you're not aligned there, then it's only going to trickle down and make it worse and kind of spiders throughout the organization. So that's a powerful thought. And to me, again, just going back to it, we don't spend enough time aligning our teams, aligning the organization. I've seen it done well only in a few places where the strategy came from the executive team and then they went into their teams and talked about how will this actually snap in 
And then the teams went across and talked to each other. And then that came right back up to the executive team and they tweaked things to align the organization. And then it was rolled out. And so oftentimes it's rolled out at the top. No one's spoken to at the you know mid-level management and below. And then it's like square peg, round hole, and you're just trying to jam it through. And it's and something's not working because we're not articulating the strategy, allowing people to react to it and then re-articulate back, hey, here's where we're at. And if we're going to change, it's going to require some massive shifting in the organization. So do we want to do that shifting or do we need to shift where we focus? Do we need to talk to customers? All of those things to me create real alignment, not a false sense of alignment. Yeah, 100%. Again, it's one of these issues where you see also a lot of organizations are just very much operating in a, what I would say, very old kind of command and control model of leadership. And so, unfortunately, when you're working in digital products and services, that doesn't really work. I mean, you have to empower people that are there essentially to solve problems every day. Mm -hmm. And if that information is getting siloed within the leadership team, or in many cases, not even really well understood within the leadership team, there's this innate issue of you're just creating misalignment disconnects across the organization. And so one of the things that I like to do is, you know, I think every product should have a strategy, but you should also be able to have like a one sheet on your product that actually communicates the pillars of strategy and that thing that's in the forefront for every single team member and external partners as well. You should, I mean, you need to build that there. And I think that one thing that is maybe somewhat obvious, but is worth stating is that when you create that level of transparency, you innately are creating an environment of trust Mm. and trust accelerates the ability to solve problems and accelerating the speed of delivery. Wow. If not, you're spending so much time on that misalignment that, you know, you really cannot ever find that velocity that you're hoping for. And in this competitive landscape for many organizations, that's just not an option. Right. You're done before you even started. I mean, Stephen M. R. Covey, who wrote The Speed of Trust and Uh, His father is very famous for his work and things like seven highly effective habits, you Mm -hmm. know, spent, you know, years and years studying just that very, you know, issue of how trust accelerates performance. And so it's really incredible to see how we unknowingly sabotage ourselves with those issues all the time. How effective do you think most organizations are at actually learning from their failures? I would say on a whole, not great. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the challenge is that when you have failure, it's it's what is the mentality of the culture and the organization to failure into learning. I think an example is you hear the phrase, you know, fail fast, fail often as kind of a, you know, and it's one of those things that it's totally a beautiful statement when it comes to building a culture that is based on iterative learning and continuous improvement. However, if the actual culture isn't focused on the learning aspect and then driving the improvement, it becomes a very, very dangerous phrase within a culture that now is creating an acceptance for failure without any positive outcome. Wow. And so you see management dealing with this a lot these days. And so, again, it comes to do you really understand the, what this is? You know, do you understand You know, when you throw around terms like, you know, being customer centric, which is another thing that, you know, comes up a lot these days. 
It's a buzzword. <laughs> it's a buzzword. And it has very deep meaning if you understand the true depth and context of it, but it doesn't have mm-hmm. any value and becomes, again, somewhat dangerous if you don't, if it's misinterpreted. And so, yeah. you know, this is where teams really have to take the time to build a common language. I mean, most organizations mm-hmm. over time start to develop a shorthand, a way of working together, but that doesn't mean that they have a shared understanding of what those things are. And so I think it's really important that, you know, organizations put more energy into making sure that there's a common understanding of the language that they're using together so that they really are can up level each other. Yeah, that's so good. You know what, as I think about this book, um, <laughs> what would you say when a reader is reading this is the number one, number two things that you just want them to take away from this book, if nothing else? If they're reading the book, I think there's a couple of key things that I would hope that every reader could really take away and they could apply immediately. One is I think understanding really what is alignment and understanding how misalignment manifests itself within an organization when you're delivering products. I think that true understanding that alignment has to happen at the personal level, the team level, the organization level, and then alignment to your market is so powerful if it's understood so that it's no longer a general concept, but something that is precise and actionable for you as a reader, I think is really, really critical. Two is I think that it's important to understand that alignment and overcoming these things is not just leadership's responsibility, but it's everybody's responsibility. So good. And I think that if you're, no matter where you are in the organization, if you are not getting the clarity that is necessary, go ask for it, find it, seek it out, Wow. be the champion, be the agent of change in your organization so that you can all thrive together. I think that's also essential. The third one I would say is orient your understanding of strategy. I think, you know, you've mentioned it several times now. I think this misconception of what strategy is, is so important to understand because not only will it allow you to create better strategies in your own work when you do want to have a strong foundation in it, but it will also help you identify bad strategy and which leads you to asking better, more thoughtful questions to support not only your individual success, but the success of your friends, your colleagues, family members, the organizations that you're a part of. And those things can be transformational in themselves. I love that. Any final thoughts for our listeners? If you're ever dealt with misalignment, which I think we all have, I think that right now in history, we have just an incredible opportunity to ask ourselves new questions and to challenge these things. And so I encourage anybody that's listening to really embrace this timing. It's not necessarily easy to embrace change, but there's, I think, unparalleled opportunity right now. And I hope that the book, as well as many other wonderful resources out there, are a a catalyst to help support that. Well, Jonathan, thank you for your time today. Where can people get your book? Because I'm hoping that every single person that listens to this will go right now and buy your book. If you're interested in buying the book, you can go to amazon.com to get it. It's also available in uh, iTunes from Apple, and you can get it there, both ebook or hard copy. And of course, you can find the links to the book as well at emergeinteractive.com. Thank you so much for your time today. This was phenomenal. Natalie, thank you so much for having me. Guys, I'm serious. I hope you go get this book. I'm going to go buy it right now on Amazon because I can see all the different areas that I can apply this in my own world. So thank you for listening and seriously, go get the book. 
To our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership and visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.